0: Tonight from Canada to America, elevated warnings at the world's largest undefended border. <music> Counting the influx of illegal crossings
1: really way north of what we've ever seen
0: and calls for a tougher crackdown. Where's the
2: outrage America?
0: Assessing the threat of election meddling from China and beyond. No foreign interference. New revelations as more governments turn off TikTok.
3: If you are a China-based company, you have to give up data.
0: Plus the adjusted flight path for March break. It's probably going to create more frustrations for families that want to get away and can't get away. From arrivals to departures, hard caps at Canada's biggest air hub.
4: National News with Omar Sachedina.
0: Good evening, everyone. The controversy along Canada's border has been about people coming into this country from the United States through places like Roxham Road. But tonight, there's concern from the U.S. about a sharp increase of illegal crossings in the opposite direction. CTV's Richard Madden was in Michigan today and got a firsthand view from border officers on the front lines. In, the area.
1: In our exclusive ride-along with U.S. Border Patrol, Agent Javier Geronimo brought us to the scene of his most recent bust.
3: We came out and they uh, arrested the uh, migrant who had come over from Canada. On a kayak? On a
1: kayak. And that's about two football fields away on the Ontario side? More or less, yes, sir. Homeland Security says the St. Clair River separating Michigan and Ontario is one of the many targeted areas where a record number of migrants are crossing illegally into the states, from Canada. Now at this crossing where it takes less than 2 minutes to cross by boat, US officials say they've caught more migrants in the past 4 months than all of last year. Homeland Security reports more than a 100,000 migrant encounters from Canada just last year. That's more than triple the amount from 2020. So uh, this year's uh, really way more than what we've ever seen. We're 700 more, more than 750% across that the That's a lot. Border Patrol Chief Robert Danley blames smugglers for the increase, arranging flights into Canadian cities from Mexico, Brazil, and Romania, countries where visas aren't required to enter Canada, and the U.S. is a short distance away. We're starting to see that being exploited and, and really opening up a pipeline for people wanting to exploit Canada's uh, hospitality and then try to make their entry into the U.S. illegally. Adding to his challenges, he's lost about a third of his staff who were deployed to help secure the migrant crisis along the southern border.
2: Where's the outrage, America?
1: On Capitol Hill, Republicans are blasting the Biden administration for failing to secure both sides of the border.
2: They are unmanned, they're unfunded, and they're not equipped to do the job that we're asking them to do. Congressional
1: Republicans are also demanding the White House pressure Ottawa to review Canadian visas from certain countries. A clear sign that our shared border, long a symbol of peaceful cooperation, has now become an unavoidable political issue. Omar.
0: All right, Richard Madden in Chesterfield, Michigan tonight. Richard, thanks. Police in Vermont are investigating the death of a Mexican man who crossed into the state from Quebec on foot. The man collapsed after he was approached by border agents and died in hospital.
5: People think by looking at a map that it's an easy place to cross, but because of the surveillance that we have in this area, they're going to get picked up within minutes.
0: U.S. agents say they caught 367 people trying to cross from Quebec and southeastern Ontario last month, higher than the past 12 Januarys combined. An examination of the last federal election has determined there were foreign attempts to sway the 2021 vote, but they didn't work. The new report also urges the federal government to lower the threshold for when to notify the public. Here's CTV's senior political correspondent, Glenn McGregor. In the closely fought 2021 election, there were attempts by foreign actors to
2: influence the outcome. But a new report commissioned by the government found they didn't succeed. National security agencies saw attempts at foreign interference, but not enough to have met the threshold of impacting electoral integrity. With the Liberal government facing more calls to convene a public inquiry into election interference, the report offers some cover. The good news is the measures we put in place, we believe, and it was confirmed by the report today, uh, resulted in no foreign interference or even other electoral interference such such that the result of the vote would be compromised. Former senior public servant Morris Rosenberg's report concluded there was no need for the panel of officials that monitored the election to notify the public. But he wrote, CSIS expressed concerns that China notably tried to target elected officials to promote their national interests and encourage individuals to act as proxies on their behalf. Rosenberg cited as an example an editorial in the Global Times considered a mouthpiece for Beijing that warned the Conservatives if elected would jeopardize diplomatic relations. Is the U.S. about to get another loyal dog, the newspaper asked. Chinese-backed media in Canada were also critical of a Conservative MP in B.C. Wrongly claiming he wanted anyone with ties to China to register as a foreign agent. Kenny Chu lost his bid for re-election.
1: We know that in in diaspora communities across the country, it doesn't matter matter whether it's Chinese, uh, Russians or Iranians, uh, these communities are exposed and potentially subject to foreign interference.
2: Not mentioned in the report, recent allegations that the Chinese consulate in Toronto helped Liberal Han Dong win the nomination. In a party stronghold. <laughs> Rosenberg also flagged domestic interference, a surge in threats against party leaders during the campaign, driven by opposition to COVID 19 restrictions and what he called extremist, racist, and anti government views that proliferated online. But the conservatives said Rosenberg's report is incredible because he once worked for the nonprofit Trudeau Foundation. The Prime Minister can clear all this up right now by telling Canadians what he was briefed on by Canada's security and intelligence agencies. Rosenberg provided a long list of recommendations, most focused on communications, saying the public should be provided more
0: information about foreign interference, both during and between elections. Omar. All right, Glenn, thanks. The ban on TikTok expanded today. On the same day, the Chinese-owned video sharing app, was blocked from devices issued by the federal government. CTV's Kevin Gallagher on which jurisdictions are joining the list and Beijing's response.
4: Jugmeet Singh has used TikTok to reach younger voters. Now the NDP leader is taking a pause from the Chinese-owned app.
0: I have no concern at all about taking a step back from a social media platform when there are serious concerns around security around data and privacy.
4: Starting Friday, any politicians and staff using devices managed by the House of Commons will be barred from TikTok, in line with the ban on all federal government phones that went into effect today.
1: This is yet another demonstration of the government's vigilance uh, when it comes to any potential threats uh, that may be posed Uh, by foreign interference or uh, any other risks to our cyber platforms and our critical infrastructure.
4: The federal government is concerned about how the popular video sharing app harvests data off phones, including contacts, search habits and location. Under China's national security laws, TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, could then be compelled to turn over user information.
6: If you are a China-based company, you have to give up data Uh, you know, whenever the government wants it.
4: The Nova Scotia, Quebec and Alberta governments will also ban the app, while Newfoundland, Ontario and Saskatchewan are considering it. Are we going to start to see some shift away from TikTok as as some users maybe become uh, concerned about the use of their data? And in the U.S., federal employees now have less than a month to remove TikTok from all government devices. An abuse of state power, according to this Chinese foreign ministry spokesperson who called on the US to respect fair competition. Canada's strained relationship with China has TikTok questioning the timing of Ottawa's ban, as the social media company insists it has not shared user data
0: with Beijing. Omar? Kevin, thank you. Russian President Vladimir Putin tightened security along his border today after drones the Kremlin says came from Ukraine got within 100 kilometers of Moscow. Inside Ukraine, fires rage in residential buildings as the fighting grows more intense around the eastern town of Bakhmut, with Russian forces trying to encircle it. Among the structures destroyed since the invasion began are 3,000 schools. CTV's Adrian Gobriel visited one that recently reopened despite the danger.
5: Finding safety and refuge in learning during a time of war. The grade ones finish their hot breakfast of crepes and borscht soup while others race up the stairs to class. A game of volleyball is underway in the gym. Everything appears as it should until you look closer and the bullet holes in the gymnasium wall come into focus. The remnants of artillery fire marked the school's exterior. Eight craters were left outside in the yard. Windows were once blown out. Not long ago, Russian forces were just seven kilometers away. Inside Miss Perry's grade four class, she does her best to shelter and nurture her students.
6: I get emotional. They mean everything to me. For our country, they are the future.
5: The day before our visit, only three students arrived at school. Morning air raid sirens had parents keeping their kids at home.
2: <laughs>
5: Ten-year-old Sasha tells us his wish is for the sirens to stop. For every school in Ukraine to be allowed to reopen, they must build a bomb shelter like this one. Every time an alarm sounds, children must come downstairs and stay until they receive the all clear. The longest here at this school lasted four hours. I'm afraid of possible air attacks as nine-year-old Yulia. I feel safe in the bomb shelter. That's how we protect ourselves. When Russian shelling has knocked out the power and the heat in the school, Lesya Harenko has used music in her classroom to warm hearts and minds.
7: Very hard,
2: very difficult for everyone, for children, for teachers.
5: Many students here have fathers on the front lines, battling for their children's future. How has your job changed as a teacher since the Russian invasion?
6: Now, I am not only a teacher, but a mom too. I care for them all.
5: Yulia, what's your hope for the future? I want everything to go back to how it was, she says. I want the war to end. Many certainly hoping to see an end of makeshift classrooms like this one inside a bunker. As some camera-shy grade 7s were heading home for the day, they stopped us with a message for Canadians. They wanted to say thank you.
0: Omar? What an image. Those children so incredibly brave, Adrian, thank you. At least 29 people are dead and dozens more injured after two trains collided in northern Greece tonight. A train carrying more than 350 people traveling from Athens collided with a freight train going in the opposite direction, resulting in a fiery crash. Government officials called in the army to help with rescues. The cause is unknown. Back on this side of the world, millions are under winter weather alerts tonight in the U.S. And in the mountains outside Los Angeles, record snowfall has left many stranded.
3: Crazy, crazy storm. Never experienced this kind of uh, weather before.
0: Residents are trapped. Food is being rationed in grocery stores. And large parts of a highway were shut down. The new system will track across the country, hitting the U.S. northeast in a couple of days. The western part of this country wasn't spared either. B.C. South Coast got heavy snowfall as well and it wasn't just a nuisance, it was deadly. CTV's B.C. Bureau Chief Melanie Nagy explains.
6: It was a sloppy, slushy and slippery commute for people living on B.C. South Coast. For the second time in two days, a storm swept across the region bringing heavy, wet snow. There were several accidents across Metro Vancouver, including one where an elderly man was hit by a flatbed truck and killed. While Brooklyn Fry was shoveling out, several buses spun out in her neighborhood. I definitely wouldn't go out there. Those relying on them to get to work were forced to walk.
4: Bus drivers say I can't move anymore, so you
6: all uh, get off. Some side streets were so dangerous they were blocked off to commuters. Hazardous conditions also shut down Vancouver's popular Stanley Park. While past storms have impacted access, a complete closure is rare. The heavy snowfall hampered visibility at Vancouver International Airport, cancelling dozens of flights.
1: The rate of snowfall was actually much more severe than originally predicted.
6: Along with flight cancellations, ferry service to Vancouver Island was disrupted, several schools closed and there were numerous transit delays. In the city of Surrey, a snowplow operator originally from Winnipeg.
1: I moved back here in in 74.
6: Says part of the problem is the region typically doesn't get a lot of snow. So when it's heavy, it can catch people off guard.
1: People calm down and go slowly. Everything's going to be fine.
6: Fine at least until Wednesday. That's when Environment Canada says another winter storm could move in. Melanie Nagy, CTV News, Vancouver.
0: Coming up, airport adjustments just ahead of March break.
7: If it's more efficient, I'd say it's a good idea.
6: Capping
0: flights at Canada's busiest airport. Plus, hockey mums redefined.
7: Then on Sunday, it's for us and we come play a game and have a drink afterwards.
0: Hitting the ice for a much-needed breakaway. A man who was shot with rubber bullets while being wrongfully arrested by Vancouver police wants to see the officers involved held accountable.
1: I feel really violated. Uh, I have zero trust or faith in the policing
0: system whatsoever. Elijah Barnett ended up bruised and in pain after being swarmed by police as he walked a friend's dog. The officers mistook Barnett for a home invasion suspect. Police have since apologized and referred the case to BC's police watchdog to investigate. The country's busiest airport is preparing a new flight plan to reduce the kind of travel turmoil many experienced last year. But there are concerns tonight it might have the opposite effect. CTV's Heather Wright on what it could mean for spring break plans. In an
8: effort to cut down on the travel chaos of last summer... Do
0: I know for sure that the bag's
8: here? In the delays in December... Toronto's Pearson Airport is implementing a hard limit on the number of commercial flights arriving and departing during peak travel times. Right now, Pearson's not my place to be. (laughs) In a statement, the Greater Toronto Airport Authority says the limits will also include the number of passengers that can arrive internationally or depart to the United States through each terminal in a given hour. As long as we're not... Standing in line for hours and missing our flights and having experiencing all those cancellations, it's great. Pearson is not alone in adjusting its schedules. Lufthansa has cut 34,000 summer flights, while American Airlines has reduced its schedule by 54,000 with more potentially to come. Airports and airlines continue to grapple with labor shortages and other issues, so reducing planes and passengers is one way to ease congestion but some worry this solution will create other problems, given how many flights have already been booked during the upcoming holidays.
6: Either the flight gets delayed,
8: the flight gets early up, or the flight gets cancelled. Whichever, uh, you know, there will be a disruption to the passenger. The flight limit was not a directive from Transport Canada, but in a statement, the minister's office says meetings with airlines and airports are ongoing. And in these conversations, Minister al Gabra is actively discussing readiness for the spring break and summer travel season to ensure they have a plan for passengers. Air Canada says it has already adapted its schedules where necessary, while WestJet says the flight limits have created some hurdles. And with March break just 10 days away, there are still questions about what impact this may have on travel.
0: Heather Wright, CTV News, Toronto. Still ahead, a major malfunction caught on camera. The tree-trimming truck that shows what goes up doesn't always come down. Six Indigenous communities in New Brunswick found power in partnership today as they took a step forward in their quest to regain control over some traditional lands. CTV's Atlantic Bureau Chief Creason Adjkate on the details of Nation's deal with a major forestry company.
3: The Willistakoy Nation, made up of six First Nations, struck a historic deal with one of New Brunswick's largest forestry companies, AV Group.
1: We can work together at this. We don't always have to be adversaries. We can find common ground, and we can share the resources
3: in their newly signed Memorandum of Understanding, both parties agreed part of the land the forestry company operates on will be transferred to Wolastoqey, and the nations will be able to provide input on future projects. It's a first-of-its-kind agreement between Indigenous nations and large industry in New Brunswick.
7: We always have had issues with, uh, well how the forest has been maintained and managed but also um, being able to practice our Aboriginal treaty rights. I
1: think what you'll see within the next three months is immediately starting on community engagement.
3: After numerous failed attempts at the negotiating table, Willis Quay filed a land title claim against the government of New Brunswick in 2020.
7: To remind the government that we never surrendered or ceded this land so there are legal consequences to that.
3: The claim includes five million hectares that Willistakwe nation identifies as their traditional lands, unlawfully stolen and based on the Peace and Friendship Treaties first signed with the British Crown in 1725. The claim also names forestry companies, including a V Group. Today's deal doesn't clear a V from the land claim, and as for the province, Premier Blaine Higgs wasn't available for an interview, But in a statement, a government spokesperson said New Brunswick supports private companies working in partnership with First Nations, adding the province will deal with the land litigation that the Willistakwe have started. The chiefs say they hope this sends a clear message to industry and the province on how to work with Indigenous nations moving forward. Chris Naskate, CTV News, Fredericton.
0: A tree removal service in New Jersey had a very close call with some of its heavy machinery. A doorbell cam caught the moment its crane truck almost flipped over trying to remove a tree. It got so high, it got tangled up in some power lines, forcing some homes to be evacuated just as a precaution. It took several hours to get everything sorted, and fortunately, no one was injured. And a sad note tonight on a beloved member of our CTV family. Former weatherman Don McGowan has died.
5: It'll be a nice teddy bear tomorrow. Compared to today, tomorrow will be glorious.
0: Don was a popular broadcaster who worked at our Montreal station for nearly four decades, signing off in 1998. He also hosted game shows and a travel program. He's being remembered tonight for his fun-loving personality. Don McGowan was 85 years old. After the break, moving from the stands to the ice how a group of hockey moms is making a league of their own. It goes without saying that in life, moms are the real MVPs. And even though parenting can often feel like a sport, one group of mothers has signed up for a new challenge. Here's CTV's Jill (laughs) Makishon.
7: The hockey moms are getting ready to hit the ice at the St. Adolph Arena. This small community just south of Winnipeg has created a unique league of its own as the moms draw cards to play on two teams against each other for one hour. We're busy moms who spend the week taking our kids to their activities and then on Sunday it's for us. Karen Lussier once played competitive hockey but that changed with a busy family schedule. She's now found her place in the rink again with about 20 other women. Every year we get a few new skaters. Some have been on teams before and they just want to play hockey again and some have never skated and they just want to give it a try and this is a safe place to do that. While they don't draw many fans to the games, they have a huge one in the community rink manager.
4: When they first started, uh, they were out there just trying to get better and better and uh, you know, four or five years later, they, they've done a fantastic job.
7: A hockey team that already knows all about toughness and determination. It's play they needed, and the hockey mumps have found it on the ice. Jill Macashon CTV News, Winnipeg.
0: And that's a snapshot of this Tuesday for all of us at CTV National News. Good night.